Good morning, church. Who's ready to worship? You guys are all welcome to come up here in the front. Modified youth, you have to.
much for this opportunity to gather here with all these amazing people who worship you. And I pray over Jake's message that he's about to bring to us. I hope it really touches some hearts in here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I have a few special young people who like to get up and say a few things. These are two very, very special young ladies. So give them your attention. I know what they have to say is really important, and it's something for all of us to hear today. Good morning, everybody. First of all, it is so lovely to see all of you. I'm so glad all of you could come, and to those of you watching at home, thank you for tuning in and being here with us. What I want to start off with today is just saying that your kids are well taken care of at this church, and I can speak personally about the kids in Modified Youth. We are very well taken care of, we are well provided for, and we are being given the word in a way that we can apply to our lives in a way that makes us want to go out and follow Jesus and to lead people to him. I'm a little nervous, I'm sorry. I'm like breathing really fast. And I'm trying not to do that into the microphone because it's going to be really weird. But I wanted to say that Jake and Hannah and Dylan and Audrey and Cindy and Amber and the countless volunteers that donate their meals, their time, their prayers, they are such genuine and godly people, and I can say that with just 100% certainty. Because Jake truly lets God speak through him when he preaches to us, and so we are truly getting the word, and he is able to apply it to our lives. And Hannah, she has always been there for me. She is a wonderful woman. And Sydney, and like I said, and Dylan and Audrey, you all do such an amazing job. And so a huge thanks to them for working so hard that we're able to do this, and that we're able to have so many amazing opportunities to not only grow closer to God ourselves, but to be able to show that to other people. <laughs> and like I said, I'm really nervous, so if I sound like I'm about to cry, I'm not. I'm just jittery. But for the longest time, I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. And I think what would be best right now is to just give a testimony on my life at the moment. Uh, earlier this year, as I would probably say that many other kids in my youth group, we, we hit a wall. Because as you get older and as you move through school, people are telling you, you know, get good grades, get good scholarships, get a good college, get a good job. And figure this out within the two years that you were in high school, your junior and senior year, and then go out and do it. And then it'll be good. And I took this so seriously that I made it the entire precedent of my life. Like that was the one thing that I would hold on to. And even though I am Christian, I still followed God. I kept falling into what the world wanted for me. I kept thinking, well, if I don't have good grades, I really don't know who I am. If I don't get a good job, I don't know what my worth is. If I'm not doing good, if I'm not checking all these boxes, if, if I'm not thin enough to be socially acceptable as beautiful, if I'm not smart enough to be accepted as smart, I don't know what I'm doing. And the thing is, I would never say this to somebody else. That's probably how I know it's a lie. In John 10, John 10, verse 10, Jesus even said that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come so that I may give abundant life to all. And then I realized, no matter how painful it was, is that these things don't matter. And I know that this definitely applies to my, my peers and modified youth, but to all of you as well. You know, it doesn't matter if you have perfect grades or a perfect home or a good job. Of course, those things are perfect. They're perfect. Oh, my gosh. Those things are important, and they help you out some. But what really matters, I'm going to just say it's Jesus, because he is the one who bought your salvation. Did my grades buy my salvation? No. Do my looks buy my salvation? No. Do, will my job buy my salvation? Will the money I make that will eventually be gone within a second, will that buy my salvation? No, it does not. So today I want to remind you that your worth is found in Christ. Yes. 
who gave you your salvation, who closed the divide between us and our Father, and the Father who gave us that sacrifice. And I want you to remember that in everyday life. When you wake up, just remember, I'm alive, I'm walking around. I was given not only this gift of life, but the gift of knowing that when I die, I know where I'm going to go. I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be with my family, with my friends, and I now have the opportunity to go out and to tell people about this man. Well, not just this man, but the God that I serve and the gift I've been given. I am able to go out. I, I heard a quote. I heard somebody say, treat your life as if it's just one big mission trip before you go home. And I want you all to remember that today, and I want you to find the joys in your life. And remember that your fulfillment and what makes you who you are is Jesus and following him. And so thank you for this time that you have given me and for allowing me to come up here, even in, even in the shambles that I am in. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay, now about... Five minutes ago, I was in the exact same spot. She was in shaking, crying mess. Um, but that's fine. I'm up, I'm up here now. So I have a question. Who considers himself crazy? Okay. Well then. There are quite a few of you who consider yourself crazy. Now, is that worldly crazy or crazy about Jesus? Okay. Okay. Because I'm going to have to figure this out here. Um, yeah, can I have a stand, please? <laughs> I, was, I was really accounting on this. Um, thank you, Rick. Okay, so. So in Acts chapter 2. Yeah, Acts chapter 2. We all know what happened. The Holy Spirit came down. But have we ever fully read and studied Acts chapter 2? Some of you probably have. Some of you probably haven't. But that's okay. So I'm going to start in Acts chapter 2, verse 2. So suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Now, if I seen this, I would have thought I was crazy. Just, just plain crazy. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans, or Galileans? Bear with me here. Um, <laughs> then how is that that each of us hears them in our own native language? And then this is where all the, all the tribes come in, so we have... Par, 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 Parthians and all, all the rest. Um, <laughs> um, they, they all, and then skipping down to like middle of verse 10, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, have made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Now, some of them are like, oh, they're just crazy, they're drunk, let them be. But some of them went on to follow God because of Peter's address um, in Acts 2, verse 17. I'm just going to briefly summarize this. Um, he's like, the young men will have visions, the old men will have dreams. Um, I'll pour my spirit out in those days and they will prophesy the sun will be turned into darkness, and so on and so forth. Now, some of them actually came to follow him. But, staying on the top of, of a little crazy, um, David and Goliath. 
Everyone knows the stories that I'm about to tell. David and Goliath, little kid, about five foot, goes up against an eight foot giant, you know, the casual things in the Bible. Um, then we have Noah, who built a huge ark with no rain in sight. But then we also have Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, who are like, yeah, let me just walk into this fire. I'm okay. Walk back out. And then we have Daniel, who's just like, yeah, I'm going to pray to my God even if you tell me not to. Because he, he trusted God and that he would protect him in everything that he needed to be. And so then he's just like, yeah, lions, cool, casually pets some of them. Next day, he's alive. It's kind of crazy if you ask me. Um, but all of us are able to walk in the same confidence that these biblical people did. Just like the disciples. They sat in a room for how many days? In the upper room waiting and waiting? Huh? Ten days? Um, yeah, so they sat in a room for ten days just waiting for, for the Holy Spirit to come down. But, yeah, we're able to have the this, this same confidence that all these biblical people do if we just trust in God. We may look a little crazy sometimes, but is it worth looking a little crazy to be able to bring the loss to him? Amen. So today I can confidently say, without my mother disapproving, I am crazy. Thank you guys, that was a great word. Um, it's pretty awesome to be in a church and see you get up and speak in front of this many people. I mean, do not take that for granted. I mean, that's not an everyday occurrence. I know when I was their age, if someone asked me to get up here, I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. It's hard enough getting up here at 33 years old, let alone being 16, 17 years old. So, I need everyone to do something for me. It's super simple. Super simple. I need everyone to take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath in. Let it out. One more time. Let's do it one more time. Oh, yeah. Big breath. Breathe out. So when we take a deep breath, it's something that's relaxing, right? It's something that calms us down. It can even lower our blood pressure. It can lower our pain levels. Just taking a breath... A deep breath accomplishes something much bigger than what it is. So who here has children, little kids? How often do you go up to your little ones and be like, calm down, take a deep breath? Or if you're like me and have a very strong-willed daughter, she'll sit there and look me in the face and go, no. I don't want to calm down. I don't want to breathe. <laughs> and then she'll sit on the floor and stick her lower lip out at me. But that's my daughter. She's very entertaining. But, so why does taking a deep breath calm us down so much? I think it has a lot to do with, oh, there it is. All right. I think it has a lot to do with the word up here on the screen. Some of us have, might have seen this word, some of us might have not, but all of us have seen it in a different way. All of us have seen the word Yahweh, right? Most of us have. Depending on the Bible you have, you'll have the word Yahweh or Lord in capitals. So I don't want to negate anyone's Bibles here, but it will say Yahweh or Lord in capitals. But let me explain something real quick. I have to do a little theology thing here to make this all make sense. Is that cool with everybody? Okay, so, this YHWH was the original Hebrew word for God. The Israelites thought YHWH was too holy to say, and they also thought just reading this word out loud would have been taking the Lord's name in vain. That's pretty wild, because we don't even take that that seriously. At all. And these people were so afraid to even read the word out loud, because they were afraid they were going to say it in the wrong manner. Yahweh is a hybrid word between YHWH and Adonai, put together, which Adonai means Lord. The Jewish scribes wrote down 
this hybrid word as a visual not to say YHWH, but instead say Adonai. So in Exodus, we see this man named Moses. Moses was an interesting guy because we read through Genesis and we get to Moses. And Moses walks up to this burning bush. And I find this funny because he's the first one to be like, hey, God, what's your name? Like, what is your actual name? And I feel like God has a sense of sarcasm occasionally. And the first thing he says is, I am who I am. But literally in the next verse, it says in uh, Exodus 3.15, it says, So God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, which in the original text it was Y-H-W-H, The God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to be remembered for all generations. But there's a problem. Most theologians and most people don't actually know how to say YHWH, what the original word really was. But there are some theologians and some teachers out there that believe the sound of the YH is the sound of an, of an inhale and the WH is the sound of an exhale. So in Genesis 2-7 it says, Then the Lord, sorry, then the Lord God formed the man from dust, from the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. This brings a whole new perspective on the breath of life, if you want to put it into perspective that God's actual name symbolizes breath. Brings a whole new perspective on this. So that means from the time a baby is born, the first scream, the first cry of a baby is saying the Lord's name. Means from the last breath you take, you are saying God's name. From the Christian to the atheist to everything in between, when you are breathing, you are saying the name of God. If you are breathing, it does not matter who you are, what life, walk of life you've come from, or what you have done in your life. When you are breathing, you are speaking God's name. So that means God is always with you, He is literally the air you are breathing. So next time you feel like God is not there, you feel like you are alone, you feel like there's, you just feel like you're alone, you feel like God is not there. I don't know how many times in my life and a lot of our lives we just feel alone, but next time you take a breath, just think about this, that God is always there. He's literally in the air we're breathing. And we want to sit there and say we're alone. We have no one here with us. In Deuteronomy 6.4 it says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord alone, you and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. So why are we not giving God all of our love, all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength? Because every breath we take is borrowed. Every breath we take is a borrowed breath. We take these things for granted. that God allows us the ability to, when we wake up, the first breath we take is a blessing. From the first inhale to the first exhale 
It's a blessing. And if we really think about that is every morning we wake up, the first thing we do is speak God's name every morning. That's a powerful thing. So my question is, why won't you give everything back to him? Why won't you give him your all? In Job, in Job 34, 14, if God were to take back his spirit and withdraw his breath, all life would cease and humanity would turn into dust. If we go through the scriptures, there are multiple references to breath. There are so many references to God's breath. I think that is very significant in scripture. Because the thing is, if God withdraws his spirit and withdraws his breath, we would cease. But here's the thing. God does not do that. He doesn't. He does not do this. He wants to be in our lives. He wants to be a part of our lives. He wants to be a part of us in our everyday. Not just on Sunday. He wants to be a part of our life every day. That's why I truly think God's name does symbolize breath because he wants to be with us constantly. We just have to be willing to allow that to happen. Are the breaths that you are taking showing God, showing that that, that God is with you, or are you showing that something else is? Is when we breathe, we speak. What are you saying? When you breathe in the essence of God, are you bringing that back out? Or are you just holding it all in? Are you not wanting to share it? Are you not wanting to bring it back out into the world? The thing is, if have the worship team come up, please. If you're one of those people who do not have that relationship with God, He wants to have that relationship with you. Because he's always there. He's always around you. He's a part of who we all are. Because the, what's the one thing we cannot live without? Air, oxygen, breath. There's a lot of things we can live with for a long period of time, but we can only live without oxygen for a couple minutes. So why don't we take God that seriously? Why don't we take our faith that serious? When every breath we take, we're saying God's name. Are we, do we want to be like the Israelites and not take that name in vain? Or do we just want to keep going on with our days just breathing like nothing's different, like God's not a part of us. These Israelites took God's name that serious. So why won't we take God's name that seriously? Because you guys should all be proud because there's so many young people in this room that take God's name serious. Truly serious. And not just fleeting. They try to live what God wants them to do. 
They try to live the life that they know God wants them to live. Even if it's going to be hard on them or it's going to be a struggle or anything that some of us adults would instantly go, no, I'm good. They're willing to step forward and go, I'll do it. That's why these young people are so special. Because they're willing to step forward into what God wants for them. So my question is today, are you guys willing to step forward in what God wants for you? Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be up here and to hear these young people speak and worship together, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, if anyone in their hearts today has to bring anything down here that will take it down to this altar, altar and leave it. If anyone in this room does not know you today, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they will come up here and give their lives to you today. Jesus, I pray. somebody that might be in here that you don't know the Lord is your Savior I want you first and foremost to know that God loves you right in the middle of where you're at right now no matter what you're mixed up in no matter how much you're hurting no matter how much you hate yourself right now God loves you so if you're here this morning and something has moved in your spirit something has moved you to think about what we're doing here, what we're singing about, what we're preaching about, I want you to respond. That's the Holy Spirit stirring in you to respond to the call of God on your life. And God sent Jesus to die for you, to forgive you of every sin that you've committed. 
and to, to take off the heaviness that you might have walked in here with this morning. Jesus sets us free. So if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. I want you to come. I want you to respond. Not as fire insurance, not as a, a ticket to heaven, but to have kingdom right here in your life. The kingdom of God into your life. In your surroundings, in your family. If you want Jesus to be your Savior this morning, please come. And I'll pray with you. We'll pray with you. And you can know Jesus in a relationship, a personal relationship with here, with him before you leave here this morning. As I sing just a little bit more here. this morning amen 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 such a great i've said it for seven years now modified youth you guys are special our oc kids a special ministry as well oc kids will be up here next month doing their thing also to show you what they're learning and how excited they are about the lord uh, but I appreciate Jake and all of the volunteers back there in Modified Youth and the word that he brought today. It's Jesus right there. Like I said, I'm excited about what happened with me this, this past week down in Tennessee. So I'm going to maybe share some of that next Sunday. And uh, Wednesday night, we'll continue on in our Bible study and worship time together. So please come out Wednesday, all ages. We have stuff for you. But we want to wrap up this morning with a baptism. Amen. So Gary, come on up. You guys come on up, Gary. Well, Gary and his Lonesome Road ministry, they're going to, his wife was baptized here last month or a couple months ago. So husband's getting baptized today praise the lord all right jump in there bro this is matthew douglas he is part of lonesome road ministries church on the road he's out there spreading the gospel every every day out there have a seat brother 
Scoot up this way. I don't want you to hit your head. All right. You have confessed Jesus as your Savior, right, brother? Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> he said, dunk me and get it over with. warm water amen and as custom here at Orgerville Church we're going to celebrate with Matthew right here he's going to be down here at the bottom step and as you're leaving today come by and shake his hand hug his neck congratulate him for professing his faith to all of us amen praise the Lord I just want to leave you with this you if you're a believer raise your hand you're a believer in jesus i'm not trying to point people out <laughs> you have the holy spirit inside of you my my prayer is going to be from this day forward as i pray for you guys each week that the power of the holy spirit is so strong in you everybody you rub up against is going to know you're with the lord okay So let's congratulate him on our way out. Uh, you are not dismissed. You are sent. See you next week. <laughs>